0: I have a story, a Celtic story, uh, called The Daughter of the King Under the Sea. Uh, so just a bit about this story, um... It's about the Fiannon. The Fiannon were a group of warrior poets that defended Erin and Albion, that's Ireland and Britain, from invasion. And they're a little bit, it's a bit like the sort of precursor to Arthurian romance, King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table. They form a similar sort of purpose, you know, defense of the realm, but also sort of loftier artistic or spiritual ambitions. yeah, it's a very old story, less of the chivalric, more of the shamanic, which you'll see, and it dips into the kind of cosmology of the Celtic and Irish otherworld in quite a wonderful way. Now, the leader of the Fianon is the guy you might have heard of, his name is Finn McCool. And Finn McCool was a great, great warrior, and he loved riddles. So I have a riddle for all of you, and I will give the answer at the end of this story. The riddle is, what is? The sweetest music so have a think on that and I'll get on with my it was a cold snowy windy night and the Fianna the fighting men of Ireland had returned to their longhouse having caught nothing. No game, no bird, no fish, nothing to eat. So they settled in under the old thatch and timber of their hut. Some by the fire, others had crept off to bed underneath their coverings of skin. Now, little did they know that in the darkness, somewhere outside, in the wind and snow moving towards them, was a dark figure, a woman, a loathsome hag she was, that had been wandering, I don't know how long, many, many years she had been wandering, searching, hoping for refuge. Let me describe this loathsome maiden. She had hair tumbling down her back to her heels. Her eyes pointed in different directions. Her warts had warts that had warts on the warts, and those warts had hair sprouting out of them. She had hair sprouting out of her chin, out of her nostrils. Her teeth were tusks sprouting out of her face. Her breasts hung so low they drooped below her knees, leathery and disgusting they were, dripping poison. And the hair between her legs was so long and tangled that it dragged a trail through the snow as she made her slow and pitiful way towards the only light in sight. It just so happened to be the house the long house, where the Fianna, the fighting warrior poets of Ireland, were hauled up for the night, it was midnight. Most of the Fianna were asleep under their fur skin coverings, and there came at the door a sharp knock three times, and the door swung open. And in came the most loathsome hag that has ever been seen on the earth. She made her way to the fire, where some of the Fianna were still awake, warming themselves. And she sat herself there by the fire and warmed her feet. And such was the stench that was emitted by her drying socks, that those Fianna that were there left and went to bed. It was the first time in seven long years she had warmed her feet by a fire. And now she went off to find some rest. So, first she came to the bed of Finn McCool, leader of the Fianna. Finn McCool the Brave, and she lifted up his covering of skin. Oh, God, woman, you are horrible and ugly, said Finn McCool. Get you gone! And she gave a terrible screech. who was none other than O'Sheen, son of the deer, O'Sheen of the silver tongue, O'Sheen the poet, O'Sheen son of Finn. Surely he would let the hag in under his covering of skin. But the same thing happened again. God, woman, get away! You are hideous and ugly! And then she moved towards where Dermot lay. Dermot, son of Devlin, Dermot, the most handsome of all the warriors of the Fianna, Dermot, Dermot the Noble. And she lifted up the covering of skin, and Dermot looked at her and said, My God, woman, you are ugly. But for all that, come in, come in under my covering of skin. So she did. She nestled in there underneath there with him and Dermot made a little fold in the blanket to separate you know, him from, from the hideous hag there and he somehow managed to get some sleep a bit later Woke up, and she stirred and looked at Dermot with love in her eyes and said, Dermot, Dermot, son of Devlin, for seven long years I have travelled over the sea and over the land searching for refuge, and never, not once, not for one single night, have I found anywhere to lay my head until this last night. For that I thank you. And the curse that was placed on me has now been lifted. This is my true form. Now, um, let me thank you. Let me give you something. Tell me, where would you like the best house that has ever been built? Describe it to me. Tell me where you would like to see it built. Dermot said, well, I've thought about that. That hill, uh, just over there, it's a nice, nice hill. Gets the evening sun, you know, above the uh, Glen of the White Deer. Very fine house. That is where I would build my perfect house, given the choice. And then he set about describing this house. We've all done this, haven't we? We've all described our perfect home. Well, now Dermot was given the opportunity to describe in quite some detail his perfect house, more of a castle, really. There it would stand on the grassy slope above the Glen of the White Deer, nice and tall, round. And it would have this room and that room and many servants and um, fine cured meats and spices and wine and mead and many all sorts of wonderful things. He described it and she listened carefully (laughs) and then went back to sleep. Now, some hours later, morning had fully risen and two members of the Fianna came through the door of the longhouse and wonder was upon their faces. They could barely speak, but when they did, they just pointed across the glen of the white deer, And they said, friends, a castle has sprung up out of the ground where there was none before. Well, the beautiful girl turned to Dermot and said, will you go and live in your new house? And Dermot said, I I will, on one condition. (laughs) What condition would that be? That you will come with me and be my wife. Well, that was an easy promise to make, but she had a condition too. It was this. Never, Dermot, never, not once, not twice, not three times will you remind me of the state I was in when I first came to you. And Dermot said, that is an easy promise to make." I will never remind you of the state you were in when you first came to me. And with that, they up sticks and went to live in their new house. So, Dermot and his new bride went to live in the new wonderful house that had sprung out of the ground. Oh, and everything was just as Dermot had described it, just as he has imagined it. The rooms were spacious and wonderful, with nice light pouring into them. They had everything that they needed. They had meat and precious things to eat. They had nice linen, lovely sheets. They had, uh, you know, everything. Everything was there. And they were in a state of bliss together, enjoying the comfort of each other's embrace. good times good times but after a few days some days dermot began to um itch he began to long for his friends the warrior hunters of the fiana he wanted to go hunting again he wanted to feel the wind in his hair he wanted to sit in a room with men I don't know. He wanted to drink beer. He wanted to feast. He wanted to make jokes. He missed his friends, is what I'm trying to say. Now she knew this. She could see it in his eyes. So she said to him, Dermot, you want to be with your friends? I see that. And she said, you go, you go and be with your friends and your fine house and your servants and the comfort of my thighs will be none the the richer for your absence. So, Dermot went. He went to join his friends. But what he didn't know, in the time he was away, the Fianna had grown envious of Dermot, son of Devlin. Because didn't he now have this nice big fancy house? And didn't he now have the nice fancy wife that they had first rejected? Envy burned in their hearts. So When Dermot, son of Devlin, left the brow of the hill and trotted down to join the rest of the Fianna in the longhouse, who should come up the hill on the other side? None other than Finn McCool. So, the woman, she saw Finn coming up the hill and greeted him, Finn McCool, leader of the Fianna, it is an honour to see you. And Finn said, my lady, you are vexed with me, I can tell. No. I'm not vexed with you, she said. Well, prove it. Give me one of the greyhound pups of Dermot. You see, Dermot had a greyhound that had just had three beautiful pups, and Finn McCool wanted one. That's fine, you take one of the pups, she said. So, Finn McCool had a pup, shared a glass of wine with her, and off down the hill she went. Now, when Dermot returned at dusk, his hound gave a great howl, and he saw that one of his pups had been taken. Great anger fell upon him, and he said, Woman, if you saw, if you remembered the state you were in when you first came to me, hair hanging down to your feet, your eyes pointing in different directions, you would not have given away one of my pups. And she said, Dermot, you promised. You promised never to mention that. That's one time, one time of three. And instantly regret fell upon him. I'm sorry, my love, please forgive me. And she forgave him instantly. And they were together that night and for several more days, enjoying the warmth of each other's company, just like it had been before. Next day, Dermot went again to join the Fianna to hunt and to drink. And who should come up the hill the other side? O'Sheen of the Silver Tongue. And he took one of the greyhound pups too and trotted down the hill. And when Dermot came back the next day and saw that another pup had been taken, he was inconsolable with grief, but he didn't want to say anything. So he just said quietly to his hound, If she remembered the time when she first came to me and how she looked, she would not have taken one of your cups. But she heard. She was a fairy woman, you see. So she heard and said, Damn it! That's twice. And instantly regret fell upon him. I'm sorry, my love. And they made up. And it was fine. It was fine. They enjoyed one another's embrace again. Drank some wine. Had a good time. The next day, Dermot went again. And who should come up the hill this time? None other but, oh, I don't know, Goal, Mac the strongest and biggest and ugliest of the Fianna, and he had the last, third and final greyhound pup. And when Dermot came up the hill at dusk and saw that his last pup had been taken, there was no hiding his anger. He screamed with rage at this woman and said, if you remembered how you looked when you first came to me, you would not have done this to me. And he left the house and he slammed the door. Instantly regret fell upon him. He turned around to grab the door handle. But it was gone. The castle had gone. His love, the woman, had vanished. His dog had vanished. Everything but disappeared and he was left with nothing completely alone on a hillside at dusk he lay down huddled against the cold wept finally managed to sleep strange strange dreams cold night alone on a hillside above the glen of the white deer Dermot awoke with determination in his heart if it was the last thing he did he would walk over all of ireland and britain until he found the one woman he loved and his dog that he loved almost as much so off he went walking over the hills and dales and forests and rivers of ireland and britain Walking and walking and walking, many, 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 many days he walked through the night and the day. Until finally he found on a green hillside his dog. But it was dead. And such was the love he bore that animal. that he lifted it up and carried it on his shoulders and carried on walking until he was almost at the sea. There he saw a shepherd, wizened old man, tending his flock. And he said, Oh, man, have you seen a lady pass by here, most beautiful you have ever seen? Well, as a matter of fact, I have, said the shepherd. Most beautiful woman I ever laid eyes upon passed by here just the other day. She was heading in that direction, towards the sea. So... Dermot set off. But when he reached the sea, he saw footprints going to the shore, and then nothing. No trace of her. So, he rested on his spear, his dead dog still hanging off his shoulders, and he waited. He waited. And he waited. Until finally he saw, in the distance, a... boat coming over the horizon, a wicker boat, a coracle, I guess you'd call it, old-fashioned boat. And in the boat was an old man, rowing. And the boat came near the shore, and Dermot spied his chance, and he leapt. As a point of interest, all the Fiannon have special powers, you see. Um, so some have supernatural strength, some incredible speed. Others can change into animals or, I don't know, maybe just grow their beard really fast. Finn McCool had an interesting one. He could bite his thumb ah, and see the future. But Dermot, his power, he could leap. And if he was in love, he could leap even further. So, when he saw this coracle come by the shore, he leapt gingerly and lightly and landed in it, just like that. His dog still on his shoulders, his spear in his hand. Now, rowing the boat was an old man. But when Dermot spoke to him, he didn't answer. He was deaf, dumb and blind, and just rowed and rowed and rowed. Very strange experience it was. He rowed far out to sea, towards the west, towards America. Kept rowing. And then the storms came in, great storms. The huge tempest surrounded Dermot and the old man in the little wicker coracle. But Dermot wasn't afraid, no, no. And the waves grew higher and higher and higher and up and down he went, and he could see nothing around him, thunder and lightning and rain coming down, until he went up, up, up on a huge wave, and then down Under the sea, straight down beneath the sea, beneath the sea, down. And at that point, Dermot lost consciousness. Now, when Dermot woke up, he was floating in that coracle, alone, completely alone. The old man who was rowing it was gone. His dog was gone, and he was floating on an ocean as flat as glass. Strange, strange world he was floating in beneath the sea. And eventually he came to a strange shore of a strange land, and he stepped out of the boat onto a great white plain that was empty had no people on it. And he was walking on that place for some time and then he saw at his feet a drop of blood, a great glut of red blood on white. If you know about folk tales, this is a very significant thing. So he took off his um his neckerchief like this and he gathered up the blood, soaked it up, and kept on wondering. And he thought to himself, huh, this is the blood of my dog. My dog. It's my dog's blood. So he walked on for a little way, and he found another great drop of blood, and he soaked that one up. And then he walked a little further, and he saw another, even bigger, huge, great splattering of blood, and he soaked that up. And he was standing there for a while, as if in a dream, when he heard a muttering behind him, a muttering, rushes, rushes, get my rushes, and he turned around to see, what did he see? This wizened old woman, funny little thing she was, and she was gathering up rushes, full rushes, in a big bundle. Must gather my rushes, must gather my rushes. La 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 <laughs> And he said, hey, woman, it was the first person he'd seen in this strange place. Woman, but she ignored him. Rushes, rushes. And he went up and he grabbed her. Woman, and, no, no time. Must gather rushes, she said. Well, please answer my questions while you're gathering them. What is this place? And she said, well, isn't that obvious? This is the land under wave. The land under wave. One of the other realms in Celtic folklore. And Dermot looked up and saw the dome that he thought was the sky was actually the dome of the sea. Beneath the sea, the dappled light was streaking through. Very strange place it was. And he said, well, what are you doing gathering these rushes? And she said, the daughter of the king under the sea is ill. Seven long years she has been missing. And today she came home. But she was very, very, very ill. Love sick. She will die. And the only thing she wants is a nice soft bed. "'of rushes before she leaves us forever. "'So Dermot said to the old woman, "'Can you take me there?' "'And the old woman said, "I, I can. "'Why don't you get in this bundle of rushes, "'and I will take you?' <laughs> "'And Dermot looked at the little, frail old woman, "'and then looked at his strapping form and said, "'That is a thing you cannot do.' "'And she said, "I, I can. "'Go on, get in.' So he did. He got inside the bundle of rushes and shrunk down to a very small size. Tiny he was, and he was carried on the old woman's back in a bundle of rushes to the king. The king of the land under the wave. Oh, his palace is incredible. But Dermot didn't see it because he was inside a bundle of rushes. So the old woman took Dermot all the way before the king the king of the land under the wave. And there she dropped the bundle before the king and his daughter, and out sprung Dermot. And Dermot saw the daughter of the king under the wave was the same as his love. And they ran to each other, and they embraced, and he kissed her full on the lips. And she said, Dermot, 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 son of Devlin, you have lifted three parts of my sickness from me, but still I shall never be well. Dermot, said the daughter of the king under the ocean. When I returned home, every time I thought of you, I lost a glut of blood from my heart. A great drop of blood from my heart. Once, twice and three times, the last so great I thought I would die. And I've been here ever since and I can never recover. Dermot said, don't worry. I have the drops of blood here. I can return them to you. And she said, they can do nothing for me now. There is only one thing that can help me now. And Dermot said, what? Tell me what that is. And she said, it is a thing you cannot get, for many have tried and have failed. All have failed. And Dermot said, please, I will go across the world. I will go across the whole cosmos to find whatever it is you need and she said i need one thing a draft from the golden cup of the king of the plane of wonder well that's a thing isn't it (laughs) but you cannot get it and dermot said i will get it so off he went Now, the Plain of Wonder is next door to the land under wave. But separating the two is a vast river. And if you wanted to cross this river, if you had a favourable wind and a nice fast ship, it would take you a year and a day, and you still wouldn't reach the other side. Okay, Big river. When Dermot arrived at the shores of this river, He found no way to cross, of course. It was too far, even for his leap. But he spied something in the middle of the river, something strange. It was a little squat, red-coloured man with a beard like rust, completely red from head to toe, with eyes like two burning coals. And as Dermot looked, the little wee rust-coloured man suddenly became closer to him. And he looked, they looked into each other's eyes and the little red man said, Dermot, son of Devlin, of the Fianna, I know who you are and I know why you have come here. You have come because your heart is hot to help another. Let me help you. And he put out his hand and the little red man said, step in my hand and I will take you to the other side. So Dermot leapt and placed one foot in the little red man's hand and suddenly the red man became huge and in one step crossed the entire river and Dermot could step off the other side. And he had crossed from the land under wave to the plain of wonder. Now, if land under wave was a strange and wonderful place, the plain of wonder was even more exquisitely odd. Oh, so strange! It cannot even be described. I don't think human language can even give currency to the strangeness of the plain of wonder. All multicolored and golden and just divine. I mean, strange place. Eventually, Dermot came to the very centre of the Plain of Wonder, where there was the palace of the King of the Plain of Wonder. And in that palace lay the golden cup that Dermot needed to heal his beloved. Dermot arrived. With his companion, the little red man. Strange twosome they were. They arrived before the gate of the palace of the King of the Plain of Wonder. And Dermot shouted, Oi! (laughs) Bring me the golden cup. I've come for the golden cup. Bring it to me or send out your champions, whatever you need to do. And the King of the Plain of Wonder arrived above the gates of the palace and said, You will not have my cup. A very important cup. Here, fight my champions. And a huge river of warriors poured out of the gates. Huge fighting men. Thousands of them. Ah, oh, they poured like a river. And Dermot, Dermot, he fought everyone. He fought like a man in love. And he danced and leapt over their spears, a glorious, beautiful dance of death he danced. And then night fell, and by dawn, not a single opponent lay standing. The whole plain of Wonder was littered with corpses of the dead, with the champions of the King of the plain of Wonder. As far as the eye could see, there were dead bodies, and the only man standing was Dermot, son of Devlin hunting, holding his spear and his sword, and the little red man that looked on. The king of the Plain of Wonder came to the gates and said, You've killed every one of my champions. Brave warrior, who are you? And Dermot said, I am Dermot, son of Devlin, and I have come for the golden cup. And he said, You are Dermot, son of Devlin. Well, why didn't you say so? There was a prophecy seven years ago that you would come for the golden cup and I would give it to you. If you had just said your name, I could have given it to you and all of these people would not have to die. Here, take it, and I'll tell you where to go. There is a well at the end of the world. You take the cup to the well, fill it, and your beloved will be healed. Now go, go with my blessing. So, easy as that, Dermot took the golden cup, which was the Holy Grail, by the way. He took the golden cup and he filled it at the well at the end of the world, and then he went with the little red man back to the river and crossed back to the land under wave. So, Dermot had the cup and he journeyed with the little red man to the well at the end of the world and filled it with the water that lay there, the healing water. And then he journeyed back with the little red man in the palm of his hand across the river to the land of the king under the wave. And on the way back, the little rust-coloured man turned. And said to Dermot, you know who I am, Dermot? And Dermot said, "Um, well, no, I hadn't given that much thought, to be honest. (laughs) And the little red man, who was actually quite a big red man now, said, I am a messenger from the other world. And I have appeared to you because your heart was hot to help another so I will tell you what to do. You will empty the three drops of blood into this cup and you will give it to your beloved and she will drink once, twice, three times. But know this, on the third drink of that cup, your love will be healed. The sickness will have gone from her as will the love you bear her. Dermot said, that's an impossible thing. That's an impossible thing. And the little red man said, that may be so, but mark my words, it will happen. So take my advice, the king will offer you riches. He will offer you a place in his kingdom. He will offer you eternal life. Take none of them. Just a ship back to your own country. And Dermot said, if things go as you have said, I will do that. So the little red man deposited Dermot on the shores of the Plain of Wonder and disappeared back into So Dermot arrived back at the palace of the king under the waves. He had the golden cup with the healing water within it and in that was the three drops of blood from the heart of the king's daughter. And he gave the chalice to his beloved to drink and she drank it once, twice, three times. And on the third draft, all the love that Dermot bore her just vanished. Now she saw this. She saw his face change, something in his eyes change. And she said, Dermot, you don't love me anymore. he said, no, no, I don't. Now, the king, the king under the waves was so rejoiced that his daughter had been healed, that he offered Dermot anything, gold, riches, fabulous wealth, fabulous power, eternal life. But Thelma said, no, I don't want any of that. Just a ship, just a ship to take me back to my own country. And that's where he went, leaving behind the woman he had loved most in the world. Safe, well, healthy, again, but utterly heartbroken. He went back to his own country, and though he'd only been gone a few days, of course, uh, many years had passed since he had last been there. And when the Fianna saw him again, they were overjoyed. Oh, and they feasted long and hard. Seven days lasted the feasting, and if the last day of the feasting was not the best, well, it also wasn't the worst. And so ends this story of Dermot and the daughter of the king under the wave. Sad story, but a beautiful one, I think. Now, I told you a riddle at the beginning of this. A riddle of Finn McCool. It was what is the sweetest music? Now, when Finn asked this to the Fiannon, during those seven days, those seven days of feasting, when Dermot was returned to his companions. They gave many answers. Some said fiddle music was the best, some the roar of the ocean, some said the sweetest music is the crackle of the fire, the singing of the birds. But Finn had a different answer. What is the sweetest music? The music what is the music of what happens which just shows the ancient Celts had more in common with the Buddhists than we think (laughs) thanks for listening guys thank you